Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I'm your host this evening, Stevie R. Butler, from the great state of North Carolina, with my co-host, Glenn McMillian, from the state of Texas, Courtney Carruthers, from the state of Illinois, Steve Cordell, from the state of Illinois, Dr. Frank Washington, from the state of Florida, Clay Phillips, from the state of Georgia, Brian Christian Coleman, from the state of New Jersey, and Robert Lee Johnson, from the state of Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful that you are tuning into our radio broadcast this evening. This radio show is brought to you by loving and faithful members of the Churches of Christ, and we would ask that you would take out your Bibles and study along with us. We have a very exciting a very exciting show planned for your spiritual enlightenment and your edification. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, give us a call to the live show at 713-955-0508 or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website and listen to the show live there. There are over 1500 live shows on Blog Talk Radio at this hour. I just checked it before we came on the air, and you will find this show tonight on page two, and you will see our show's uh, logo there, the biggest picture on the page out of 1,500 shows. Isn't that something? God is certainly blessing us, and we're just so grateful. If you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts on this broadcast, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com, or you can call Stevie B's Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ, and if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stand along with us here on the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Before we go into our program this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving Heavenly Father, the Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day. 
and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we're prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you will be with my co-host Clay Phillips on the show this evening as as he breaks unto our listeners the bread of life. And also my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington, who will be answering our question that are on the hearts of so many. We just pray that you will bless their families that support their efforts, that they may continue to sow the seed of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you will bless our listeners this evening who are tuning in via Blog Talk Radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well and that their hearts may be pricked as they consider their eternal stance before you and their soul salvation. And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, to die such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. For we recognize that without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you'll continue to bless us, keep us and love us all the days of our lives. And if we have been faithful until death, Father, we pray that you would save us. For us in Christ's name, we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to the Gospel Length Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the broadcast. Our speakers for the show this evening in the first segment will be my co-host, Clay Phillips. He serves as the evangelist with the Rose City Church of Christ there in Thomasville, Georgia. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And in the second segment, my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington. He serves with the West Broward Church of Christ there in Plantation, Florida. I have a question from my shouted out platform on social media, Facebook, that I'll be posing to him on the show this evening. So open up your Bibles, ladies and gentlemen, and open your minds, and let's have a great show. After the break, the next voice you'll be that of my co-host, Clay Phillips. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Show. 
Listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, my co host Clay Phillips and his subject, The Absence of Godliness. Good evening. Once again, I am Brother Clay Phillips, minister here at the Rose City Church of Christ here in Thomasville, Georgia. We are a Bible believing church. We believe in speaking where the Bible speaks and being silent where the Bible is silent. We are church bound for heaven. We're not guessing that we're going. We know we're going. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. It is a privilege to be able to come to you and stand here and preach God unadulterated truths. And I ask and pray that uh, you have a marvelous holiday. Be careful as we strive to be pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. And I want to call your attention now to our text, First Timothy. The chapter is 6. I want to commence reading at verse number 3 and terminate at verse number 10. That is First. Timothy chapter 6, verses 3 through verse 10. And we find these words written, If any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according, now notice now, underline this word, godliness which is according to godliness. Notice in verse 4, he is proud, knowing nothing but 
darting about questions and strife of words, where are cometh envy, strife, railing, evil, surmising, perverse disputing of men of corrupt mind and destitute of truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself. But, here is the word again. Now notice what it says in the verse number five. Supposing that gain, here is the word again, godliness. From such withdraw thyself. Then in verse number six it says, for godliness, <laughs> here's the word again, with contentment is great gain. Notice in verse number seven. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be thus minded, content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare into many foolish and hurtful us. Notice what it says here. Which drown men in destruction and perdition. And the word perdition simply means eternal punishment. Then the verse number 10 says, for the love of money. It didn't say money. It says for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some covered after, they have error from the faith and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Thus is the reading of our scripture. I want to use for advocate of our message today the absence of godliness. The absence of godliness is easy to determine and to see that America and our world all over is losing our godliness in the man, in human being, humanity. We are becoming more diverse, more evil, more uh, diabolical because and we hating one another. Some because of the color of the skin. Some because I just don't like you or because the way someone looks or because someone talks. We live in a society that is absent of godliness. Now, the word godliness is the reflection. Let me help you out here. Let's get etymological study here. The word godliness is the reflection of the nature of the kingdom of God. In other words, Jesus Christ came down through 42 generations, came down, suffered in the hand of sinful men, gave sight to the blind, let lame walk. Jesus Christ established his kingdom. Remember, uh, he told Paul, if my kingdom was of this world, then would my servant fight. All through the Bible, 
The Bible teaches us in the Old Testament that Jesus Christ was going to come, that Christ, the baby, the child, was going to come and establish his kingdom. And all other nations, Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, in the days of these kings, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall not be destroyed, which shall not be left to other people, but it shall stand forever. God said, I'm going to establish my kingdom. And the kingdom is the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We must understand that. So we find that the godliness, the word godliness here, reflects the nature of the kingdom. In other words, how are we ought to be? How do God want us to be? Jesus Christ gave us a powerful illustration of the kingdom when he said, uh, notice, now turn your Bible to uh, the book of Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 9. Now remember Jesus was teaching disciples about uh, the kingdom. All through uh, <laughs> Matthew chapter 5, he was talking about the kingdom. Uh, he was telling them about his kingdom, that you are the light of the world. He explained to them that, about the law and how the kingdom was going to be set up. And now, but in verse number uh, 9 of chapter 6, notice what it says. Now, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. He said, now, this is how I want you to pray. He says, after this manner, therefore, pray ye. In other words, this is the prayer. This is what Christians ought to be praying for. This is the epitome of the kingdom. Jesus, this is what you ought to pray. He says, our Father, which art in heaven, holy, uh, holy is the name. Holy would be thy name. Holy is thy name. No one says it. This is what it says. Thy kingdom come. This is the this is the prayer. This is the nature of the kingdom. He gonna, he'll give us the nature of the kingdom. He's gonna tell us how we ought to act. When people recognize that we are children of God, kingdom of God, the kingdom of his people, Jesus said to the apostles, he said, uh, who, what do men say I'm not the son of man am? In chapter 16 of Matthew, one said, John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Who say you that I am? Peter said, thou the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, upon this rock, come out the truth, not Peter, not Petro, but Petro. Peter, listen now. Upon this rock, the confession you made that I am the king of the kingdom. Upon this rock, I shall build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, now we told Peter, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Now, what is the keys of the kingdom? The keys of the kingdom is the word of God that is going to open up what Jesus is talking about here in Matthew chapter 6. Notice what I said, let's read it again. He says, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth. So as the people of God, we want to do the will of God. It, now the reflection of the nature of the kingdom is to do the will of God. It should be our nature. To do the will of God. If someone slaps you, turn the other cheek. It should be our nature. If someone asks you one mile, you go two. That should be our nature. Why? Because that's what we pray for. 
No, no, it says it now. It says that kingdom come, that will be done on earth. So the nature of God, of the kingdom of God, is to do the will of God. So when, so when Paul is telling Timothy, the young preacher, he said, I want you to understand something here about godliness. Godliness is the nature of the kingdom of God. <laughs> then he says, listen to it. He said, as it is in heaven. So I want to do on earth what it is going on in heaven. There is no envy. There is no racism. There won't be any racists in heaven. There won't be any liars in heaven. There will not be any idolaters in heaven. There will be some that used to be, but when they heard the gospel, <laughs> I'm going to get to that in a minute. Take, take the time, preacher. You're going to live it too bad. Slow it down. Okay, listen what it says. It says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us. Notice what it says. And forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. This is the nature of the kingdom, of the people of the kingdom, to learn to forgive one another. And we have so many people today that are absent from godliness. They, they will not forgive one another for nothing. They are absent from godliness. Look at what it says here. He says, then Jesus said, this is what you are reporting. This is the nature of the kingdom. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom. <laughs> thine is the kingdom. In other words, the authority of the kingdom is Jesus Christ. And, and this is what we, the nature we are to be living as is to be Christ-like. So here Jesus, now understand it, Jesus is the kingdom and the power and the glory and forever. So this kingdom shall last forever. Now, the, the, the problem we have is the absence of godliness, which means that the kingdom is um, debilitating, limping is losing its grip on here on earth. Now, it's not going to lose its grip in heaven because Jesus is at the right hand of God pleading for us. Now, but here on earth, we are in trouble. We are losing the grip. We are, uh, the absence of godliness is prevalent all over the world, all over our society. Now, let, let, let me say this. Let me say this. Uh, turn to Romans chapter 1 and verse number uh, 18. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all un, notice what that, ungodliness. <laughs> let the Bible speak, Brother Phillips. The wrath of God is against all ungodliness. And the word ungodliness, etymologically, simply means the absence of godliness. It, so, the, Paul tells the Romans, he said, understand this, that God's wrath is revealed from heaven. <laughs> Amen? N not from the White House or the courthouse or your house. 
it is revealed from heaven against ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. You saying what you want to say. You're talking about what you want to talk about. You're making the gospel look like what you want it to look like. Then it says in verse 19, because they, because that which, notice now, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it unto them. You, you are without excuse. For the invisible things are of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Being understood of things that are made, even the eternal power of God. In other words, you know there's a God when you look at the moon, the sun, the stars. You know there's something else. And not only that, there's something on the inside of us that's called a conscience that let us know that there is a God. Drop down to verse 25 to save some time. Notice what it says in that verse 25. No, verse 21, excuse me. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. That is America. That is our, our, our world. Other countries are the same. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Then in verse 25, it says, who change the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator. How can you be served the, the moon and the stars and worship the frogs and the hogs and the cow? How can you do that? Knowing that there's a God somewhere. That's why in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14 says, if my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin that we can be forgiven. We can get on the right track. But the absence of godliness is destroying our world. Now let's go to our text. Let me look at our text. We're going to look at some homiletics and we're going to look at some exegesis. First of all, let me say this. One, one, one of the most unique things about uh, uh, 1 Timothy and the first letter that Paul wrote to Timothy is that he, Paul emphasized, stay with me now, Paul emphasized uh, on godliness and the place where godliness is developed, not only developed, but is Exhibited. <laughs> oh, okay. Let me say it one more, one more again. Let me say it one more time, Brother Philip. Uh, the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy, he said, Preacher, let me tell you something. Young man, let me tell you something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to help you understand the features of godliness. So he, he tells Paul, Paul tells Timothy, rather, he says, uh, let me emphasize godliness. Let me emphasize the place in where godliness is developed and exhibited. 
Um, let's look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Turn your Bible to Matthew 16, 24. Let me, let me go over there quick. Let me, let me show you something. Matthew chapter 16, and the verse is number 24. Matthew 16 and 24. And we find these words written. Then said Jesus unto the disciples, If any man will come unto me or after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So, so understand now, the whole objective is to follow Jesus. Godliness demonstrates the nature and reflect that you are a disciple of Jesus, that you follow Jesus. Then it says in verse 25, for whatsoever, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profit? Listen now, listen. For what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give his chain for his soul? So Jesus, listen, you understand the gravity of what we're talking about here. In other words, we need to understand how to balance our faith over and against uh, the world, what the world does in the absence of godliness and what we do in the presence of godliness, that we demonstrate godliness. Notice verse 27. For the Son of Man shall come in his glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. In verse 28, Verily I say unto you, there be some that stand here who shall not taste death until they see the Son of Man come in his kingdom. So the kingdom is here. How you know? Because it says there's going to be some men that stand there that see his kingdom come. Who is talking about? The apostles. He's talking to the apostles in Acts chapter 2 when the kingdom came. Woo! And so we must understand we got to learn to demonstrate his kingdom. Read Acts chapter 2 and verse number 28. It tell you this. Now, let us look now at balancing our faith. So understand that when you are a child of God, we must understand there's two kingdoms, the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of Christ. We, as Christians, we must learn to balance our faith. We must learn to learn to exist in this world demonstrating the presence of God through God in this godliness. We need to understand, we've got to understand ourselves. We must put God back into the home. We must put God back into the church. We must put God back into society. This is what is wrong with our world today. We have, we have, we are absent God. Now, let me give you some homiletics of a text, and then we're going to uh, let you go. Uh, the first homiletic I want to look at is for Christians. I, I want to, we're going to learn the balance. And let me help you out. Uh, number one, Roman number one, Christians should pray for individuals in positions of authority. This is, this is one thing that the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy. He said, listen, so now, now, now in chapter 6 is, is our text. Now let's, look, let's back up and look at some things that Paul had already talked to Timothy about. So let's turn to first, uh, chapter 2. Let's turn to chapter 2, First Timothy chapter 2, and verse number 1. 
1 Timothy 2, verse number 1. He says, I exalt, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings. Why? Because we live in this world for kings and for all that are in authority, whoever in the White House, they pray for them, that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life in all, number what it says there, Woo, let the Bible speak, Brother Philip, in godliness and honesty. So those of us that are Christians, we must understand we as people of God must demonstrate and pray for those that are in leadership. Notice, notice now in verse number one of chapter two of First Timothy, it says, I exalt therefore. Now, now the word I exalt therefore that first of all, let's look at the uh, homiletical, uh, exegetical of first uh, that first of all. Now, what about first of all? The, the word first of all, this statement, first of all, simply means the most important of all. This, in other words, this is, this is what you can understand, what is most important of all. Uh, let, 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 me, let, me, let me help you. What is most important of all? What most important of all sort of means? It's talking about prayer. Prayer is the most greatest weapon that we have. It is the most important of all. Prayer is, it holds the preeminence place in our worship, in our churches, in our homes, in our community. Prayer. <laughs> Somebody said, but it took prayer out of school. You can't take prayer out of school. They, they take, they took uh, uh, worldly prayer because you can pray <laughs> without them knowing. You, you can pray. They can't stop you from this point. They stop the uh, organization of the kingdom of the world prayer. Can't stop prayer. There, there are four different kinds of prayer that are indicated in the text. In verses, chapter 2 of First Timothy, verse 1 and 2, verse 1 gives us four different types of prayer. Number one, notice what it says. It says uh, supplications. Now, what is supplication? Supplication is a specific prayer, a precise prayer that are needed. There are, we need to pray sometimes specifically. We need to pray for the person. Call their name. Lord, we're calling the name. If you don't call the name, call their position. Because in verse number two, give us the position of the individual. What it says, for kings <laughs> and for all that are in authority, pray for them that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all, notice what it says, in all godliness and honesty. That people will know that you are godly. That, that you are connected to the kingdom of heaven, that you are who Jesus was talking about, saying, our Father, who art in heaven. <laughs> uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on 
earth as it is in heaven. It is going on right now in heaven, which is going on in earth. We must demonstrate what is going on in heaven for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. So in verse 1, give us uh, four different types of prayer. Number one is supplication. Number two, it says prayers. Now, prayers here is a, a general term, a general prayer to embrace uh, various kinds of confessions, to embrace various kinds of confessions, to pray. In other words, to, if you go back and study the historicity of the Bible, God may not always pray. Amen? The Bible says in Hebrews 1 and 1, God has sent times and in diverse manners. And in, then it says, notice now, God has sent his time in diverse manners, spake unto men in time past. So God has always used different means and methodology. So here we find that there are, number one, supplication is Specific prayers, precise prayers, needed prayer for. Then it says, then just pray. <laughs> Sometimes, yes, then the second thing is just pray generally to embrace various kinds of confession, things you say, God, I know I don't understand this. Then the third uh, prayer is intersection. Intersection. And what is intersection? Intersection is on the behalf of others. When you know someone is going through a struggle, stop gossiping, stop talking about them. Pray for them. Because there is a, there is a new law that God gave us. Let, let me show it to you. Turn to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Let me show it to you. The new, the, a, a new law that God gave to us to be mindful of. The Bible says, brethren, if a man be overtaken a fault, ye which are spiritual, in other words, you are godly, restore. In other words, people that are godly have the mentality, have the nature to restore. If you, a person come up to you and honey child, I heard about so-and-so, leave them alone. Because they are not God. If they come us in that, we need, Brother Philip needs some prayer. We need to pray for Brother Philip. What did he do? You don't need to worry about what he did. Let's pray for him. That he may forgive us as we forgive him. Amen? Brethren, if a man be overtaken thought, you was a spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Considering thyself, let thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. This, this is the law of Christ. Then it says, for if any man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoice in himself alone and not in others. And you, you don't want to go out and say about, oh, man, this is what I didn't know. He said, bear your own burdens. So here we find intersection for an individual. 
Then the, the fourth prayer that is found in verse number one of First Timothy uh, chapter two, uh, it, uh, it says, giving thanks always. So notice now, notice it. Giving of thanks. Giving of thanks. That's in your Bible. Giving of thanks. Let me say it one more time. Giving of thanks. So, so the fourth prayer is giving thanks. Now, what do I mean by giving thanks? Etymologically. Etymologically means to praise God or to worship. We are to give God praise that we are that we can worship. Because remember now, under the Old Testament, only the high priest could go into the most holy of holy. So we have the opportunity now, all of us. Come here. Let me tell you a secret. All of us are high priests now. We don't have to have somebody to make a sacrifice for us because Jesus made the greatest sacrifice of them all. Now we, we are holy enough to go into the most holy of holies and pray for ourselves in the closet. When you back up and read about Jesus' prayer, Jesus said, listen, pray in secret, pray in the closet. <laughs> You're not trying to live in the closet about by yourself and nobody see you. But don't go out and be like the Pharisees because you back up in Matthew chapter 6 and they tell you, don't be like the Pharisees. They, they love for long prayers. <laughs> to be seen of men. Not only that, they like to give arms. To be seen of men. So he said, Jesus, listen, listen. Be thankful that you can praise God and worship God. Whatever little you got, thank God for it. Because notice what it says now in verse number one again of First Timothy chapter two. It says the last sentence says, "Be made for all men." To my prayers, be made for all men. You pray for all. Men, and there are three reasons why we ought to pray for all men. Verse 2, verse 3, and verse 4. Give us the target of three, the reason why we ought to pray for all men. Write this down, write this down. Verse number 2, verse number 3, and verse number 4. Give us three reasons why we ought to pray for everybody. Not just mama, not just daddy, not just your friends, but even your enemy. You pray for your enemy. The Bible teaches us that. That you pray for everybody. How do you know that? Let's read verse 2 now of 1 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 2 says, who do we pray for? Uh, uh, what do we pray for the reason? When to pray for a peace of mind. This is what it says in uh, verse number two. Pray for kings and of all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness. Did that word again? And honesty. If, it's, if godliness is not there, you are not going to have tranquility. Peace of life, peace of mind. See, you, you can be in, I, I live in America, and we go into all this stuff, and I'm going to tell you something. I got a peace of mind. All this stuff that's going on in America, God knows. It, I, I'm vexed 
like Lot. When Lot was in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, the Bible says he was vexed. But he still lived there. God brought him out of there. And God knows how to deliver us from our evil enemies. It, it, sometimes we didn't understand that the problem with us is the absence of godliness. So it says, a peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Then the second reason why we ought to uh, pray for all men is uh, found in verse number three. The target of verse three says, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. <laughs> Let the Bible speak, Brother Philip. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. Who is the God of our Savior? Jesus Christ. Jesus wants us to learn to be like him. It is good, acceptable. You, you remember in, in First Peter, turn to First Peter chapter 3, and the verse is number, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 7. Verse 7. Let me show you something. 1 Peter chapter 3, and the verse is number 7. And we find these words written. Likewise, talking to the, talking to the husbands, it says, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, talking about the wives, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, as unto the weaker vessel, and as being held together of the grace of life. Notice what it says here. Catch on this. That your prayers be not hindered. Ooh, that your prayers be not hindered. So if, if you live a life where you are deliberately uh, not praying, God said, listen, I want you to understand that if you don't pray, the reason why you pray for all men, number one, tranquility. Number two, because it is acceptable to God. God wants you to do this. One time my brother told me, he said, um, uh, Motor Yard, hey, you who? Motor Yard, okay, all right. Then the next time he said, Daddy said, <laughs> Motor Yard, all right, man, you should have said it the first time. Daddy said, Motor Yard. So, Daddy said, so understand now. So, then verse number four teaches us the read one of, one of the main reasons. Now, this this is important. This is this is important. This is serious. All of it's serious, but this is something that we need we, we need to change our mind thinking. It says, verse number four: Who will have all men to be saved? Now, that that's that deep. Uh, Everybody but those folks on that, on that side. That, that's not what it says. Who will help all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. If we live a godly life, people will recognize that, listen, there is something about him. <laughs> 
about the name of Jesus changes us. There's something about the word of God that live and breathe and have his very being in us. Okay. That was Roman number one. I'm going to try this. I got four of them. Maybe I'll get a chance to finish. I might not. But anyway, Roman number two. Christians should dress in a manner professing godliness. In other words, there is a certain look you ought to look like. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that you can't. Uh, when the Bible is teaching certain things, and not saying that you can't live in this world and, and enjoy the fruits of labor and, and dress like the world dressed. We, we dress now. We don't dress like Jesus Christ and dress in those days. The apostles, we don't dress like that now. But, but, but there's something about the way you look, the way you dress. Turn, now, now, turn to uh, chapter 3. So now, remember now, the apostle Paul is teaching Timothy, and he went over this with Timothy when he came to chapter uh, 6 and, and told him about godliness and prayer. So in, in chapter 3, uh, uh, let, no, let's back up. No, no. Let's, let's get chapter 2 again. Let's finish up chapter 2. Chapter 2 says in verse number 9 and verse number, through verse 15 talk about dress, how we ought to look. Notice what it says. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel. Now, now it, it, it speaks of women, but also men have to be dressed also in, in modest apparel. I, I, I don't understand it. I've seen a young man today walking out with uh, riding and saw a young man walking with a pan hanging down, holding his pan with one hand and walking. I, I don't understand it. But I, I prayed for him. I prayed for that man, that young boy, and prayed that God would move into his life some kind of way. Okay? Notice what it says here now. Appear with shamefacedness and of sobriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearl or costly array. So now, is this saying that you can't wear those things? No, that's not what it's saying. It's saying is don't let your focus, don't let uh, your most important thing, first of all, don't let it be the most important thing of your life. Don't allow uh, braided hair, gold apparel, and costly array be the first important thing of your life. That's what they're teaching. Now, I got about 10 more minutes here. Let me, let me kind of haste on and, and move on because I'm, I'm, I got them here. There's more uh, bullets I got in there, but I'm about to move on. Uh, number three, the homiletical, uh, Roman number three. Christians should appreciate Jesus' role in what is called the mystery of godliness. And that's found in chapter 3. Now, I'm not going to read all chapter 3. You read on your own. Turn, just drop down to verse 14 and 16. Look at the mystery. <laughs> this, this thing is deep. To appreciate Jesus Christ, the Son of God, coming to this world to take on the body of a human being that was created in the garden even for him. We don't really appreciate the birth of Christ. I'm not going to argue about Christmas and all that stuff. You know, we'll deal with that later. But the birth of Christ, the nativity of Christ, to really appreciate 
Christmas life, we ought to be really appreciating Christmas, that Christ is our master, that Christ is, he's that baby, that child, that came. Notice what it says in now. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, in verse 14, these things write out unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. So in other words, the thing was so serious that Paul, Paul really wanted to get there and share this thing with Timothy and help Timothy understand. He says in verse 15, but if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how to, be, ought to behave thyself in the house of God. You, in other words, you really need to understand godliness, to know how to behave thyself in the house of God which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Notice now in verse 16, oh man, notice what we ought to be a preacher of. We ought to thank God for. It says in verse 16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. <laughs> great is the mystery of godliness. Then he says, notice now, he says, God was manifest in the flesh. What? The, that's why the angels even is this perplexed, dismayed. What is man? That you're mindful of him. That you visited him. You're concerned about him. What is man that you give him all this grace? What is man that you send your son to die for him? What is man? Look at the stars and the moon and all this glory, and you created man. Why? What is man? Man is the souvenir of God. <laughs> Let the Bible speak, Brother Philip. Now I got a lot of souvenirs in my office, but there's no greater souvenir than the Word of God. So here he says, what is, notice what it says. God was manifest in the flesh. Mystery. There's some things, come here, let me tell you, there's some things you would never understand until Christ come back. The mystery of God, God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. You won't understand that till we get to heaven. There's something you don't post to understand. All right, all right, let me let me let me move along, move along. All right, I give me the bullet. Let me drop this last homiletic, Roman number four. Christians should exercise themselves toward godliness. Let me say that one more again. Christians should exercise themselves unto godliness. It is not you just going. If you understand the gym, you don't just go in the gym and be Hulk Hogan. Hulk. You, you don't just go in the gym and say, I want to go to the gym one day and think you're going to be uh, competing for bodybuilding contests <laughs> the next day. You will try to get over being sore. Your body hurting. Ask Elder Timber and Elder Powell when they went and worked out with me. They had a little body hurting. Paul had to go, I don't know what me to tell you, I'm going to tell you that. Elder Paul had to go to the doctor for his shoulder. Elder Tillman's arm was locked down like a diamond in store. But I had been working out all my life for years. 
And then went in there, and then the next time, Elder Timber said, I ain't doing nothing over there no more. I'm going over here, what I can do. This is what this is all about. <laughs> yeah, y'all better, you better hear me up in here. This is what it's all about. Putting God into your exercise means spiritual exercise. Don't try to be what other men are. God has given us our ability. Let me wrap this up. Let me wrap it up. All right, now let me, let me close it out. Chapter 4. So you turn to chapter 4 of First uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. Know what the Bible says. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Nourish up in the word of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast obtained. If we, we got it. That's why the, the Apostle Paul said, listen, this is encouraging. That's why the Apostle Paul said, uh, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and put on the whole armor of God. Because at one time they didn't have the armor of God, the whole armor of God. Now we got the whole armor of God. Isn't that encouraging? So it going and says, he says, no one says, but refuse profane and old wise favors and exorcise, exorcise thyself rather unto godliness. In other words, you got to do the curls and do the bench press and do the jogging and do the running spiritually. Exorcise. You understand, Paul used uh, exercise and games and stuff all through Romans and his uh, books and writing to un- help us understand how this thing works. But notice in verse number eight, <laughs> let the Bible speak, brother. Folks. I've got three minutes according to this. Uh, let the Bible speak. Verse eight says, for bodily exercise profited little. So I'm not telling you not to exercise. It's telling you in comparison with godliness, it is little. It means, uh, it don't mean as much. So it says, for bodily exercise, profited little. But godliness, <laughs> when you study your Bible, read the scriptures, pray. <laughs> When you do what you're supposed to do, when you do God's will, supplication, prayer, intercession, or giving praise to God, he says, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, listen, now is, and of that which is to come. I'm telling you, that's why I say we are Bible-believing church. We believe in speaking what the Bible speaks, being silent what the Bible silent. We are bound for heaven. Why? Because it's said right here. I have exercised myself to be able. Notice in verse number 9. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore, we both label and suffer reproach because of truth of the trust in God and the living God. So now notice we have exercise. The lessons understand the godliness is depicted as the results of following Christ. That's what godliness is. It is the results of following Christ. Sometimes you're gonna win, sometimes you're gonna lose, sometimes it's gonna be difficult. 
but the results are following Christ. At the end, at the end, all be over. At the end, uh, Hebrews 9, 27, is the point of the man wants to die after death is judgment. Don't you know, God, it is a privilege to die? Death is our enemy, but death is a privilege because God said, I'm not going to let you suffer all these aches and pains. Look, can't you remember when you were young? My granddad told me when he was alive. Son, enjoy your little life now because one day you're going to get gray hair. I'm like, wait a minute. I got a long time. It wasn't too long. David said, I was young, but now I'm old. But I've never seen the rights of forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Now, you, you want to be a Christian? You need to be a Christian. To be a Christian is to hear the gospel. Faith come by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You must believe the gospel. Believe that Jesus Christ is the, he is the epitome of mankind. He is the savior of the world. Repent of your sins and, and confess that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And then be buried into the water of great baptism, and that will make sure you crucified Jesus. Now, wherever you listen to me at, wherever you are, find the church of Christ, the body of Christ, a Bible-believing church that teaches the word of God. You're going to find some churches that have some issues. You're going to find some churches that have some problems. All of us do. But find that church that, is the, that exemplifies the nature of Christ. I'm the speaker, Brother Clay Fuller. Remember this? Keep it real. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. It ain't easy. No. Sometimes it gets hard down here, Lord. Sometimes it gets rough. So rough, so rough. Sometimes it gets tough for me. Has anybody been lonely all by yourself? Has anybody been sad, broken hearted and sad? Have you Need 
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Shout it out question. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the portion of the broadcast where I have a question from my social media platform called Shout It Out. And we want to pose this question to my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington. And we also want to encourage our listeners to get involved in those biblical discussions that are being held there on Facebook Facebook call shout it out just join that group and ask your questions and answer the questions and just have a good dialogue so the question that we have is uh from now I don't have I don't know where this question came from um Dr. Frank Washington uh we was going to do this question on a previous show and I think that show was canceled so we're going to ask Dr. Frank Washington this question Dr. Frank how you doing this evening I'm doing well, Brother Steve. I hope you're going to uh, have yourself a safe and happy and healthy New Year. Yes, sir. I certainly appreciate that. Same to you as well. Now, here's the question. Now, I don't know where this question came from. We don't know uh, the query's name or the state that they came from because we always try to have that information on our questions. But here's the question we have for you, Dr. Frank. Now, how do how do we know the Bible is the word of God. What say you to this question? Well, that's an interesting question. It's a good question. It's a very good question. People are still asking uh, that same question today, even though these answers have been out there for, you know, forever almost. Um, but it's always good to refresh ourselves in trying to understand um, how do we know or how would one know that the Bible is, uh, God's infallible, uh, infallible word. Uh, we can always know that God's word um, is infallible uh, if uh, we simply understand that the fact that God gave us the Bible is an evidence of his love for us. God communicated to mankind what he's like and how we can have that right relationship with him. And these are the things that uh, we could not have known had God not divinely revealed them to us in uh, his word. So in both Testaments, how do we know that the Bible is so special? What's so unique about the Bible? Well, I I, I, I had more information here, but I'm going to, you know, cut this short. I, I Most of my time has been taken, so I'm going to be kind of brief about this. Um, how do we know that the Bible is so special and how is it that it is so unique? Well, the Bible claims to be God's communication to humanity. And so the only divine revelation from the one true God, but many people sometimes still ask, you know, is this claim true? How do we know the Bible is what it claims to be, which is the word of God? There are two basic approaches to the question. First, um, there are those who believe that scripture is self-authenticating, which basically means established as genuine. Um, the Bible is true because it says it's true, and that's what many folk in the churches of Christ used to go out and, and teach in these knocking-on-door things. You know, the Bible is what the Bible is, um, and the Holy Spirit bears witness to the truth, and no other argument is necessary. The second approach believes that the claims of Scripture have sufficient evidence to back them up, and those who hold to this view believe there's uh, kind of really overwhelming evidence to convince anyone that the Bible is what it claims to be, uh, which is the Word of God. And people, therefore, need to check out the evidence. Check out the evidence, not merely blindly believe the claims of Scripture. Uh, so let's look at approach number one briefly. Uh, the Bible is authenticated, self-authenticating, which is genuine. And for too many people, 
Um, the issue of the Bible's authority is something that should not be debated. That's what they believe. Number and there's several, um, and it's argued in, in several ways. One, they claim the Bible claims to be God's word. No other testimony is necessary. Number two, the Bible should be able to testify on its own behalf. Uh, three, the witness of the Holy Spirit demonstrates the truthfulness uh, of Scripture. Paul says in Second Corinthians three two um, that people would see the truth of the Word of God in the works at work in the lives of God's people, you and me. Uh, that's how people should see the Word of God, how we live our lives, and this is the testimony of God's Word and, and the testimony of the Bible. Uh, so when the truths are lived out in our lives, we find uh, that this is the best way uh, for people to understand the truth uh, of God's Word. Um, the approach number two, we examine the evidence that God has given. This second approach uh, to the truth of the Bible claims is to um, examine the evidence about the truthfulness of Christianity. The Bible's claim to authority is not in and of itself proof of its divine authority. Uh, arguing that the claims of the Bible are more persuasive than the claims of all of the other religious writings doesn't always really work uh, in, uh, in real life. So what should uh, Jesus' followers do who believe in uh, the word of God. Well, there, uh, there, there, there is uh, an important point to make here, and that is because of the claims of Scripture and their own don't constitute any type of convincing proof. We should argue the same way in which Jesus' disciples argued. They presented compelling proof to the people that Jesus was the Christ. And on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, 22 through 28, Peter stated uh, the evidences to that large crowd uh, that had gathered on that day. And, and for time references, I, I'm not going to go into, into all that. Uh, but in this one passage, we find Peter appealing to these three different lines of evidence. Those three different lines of evidence included miracles, fulfilled prophecy, uh, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So he spoke of the miracles of Jesus Christ. It was something that all the crowd was aware of. Uh, and so he appealed to miracles, Jesus' resurrection, and uh, the fulfilled prophecy. So ultimately, uh, we must taste and see for ourselves. You know that verse in uh, Psalm 34 and verse number 8. A person can know the Bible is God's word by first examining the claims of Scripture, considering the evidence for those claims, and then personally accepting the challenge of Scripture to taste, quote, unquote, taste and see if these things uh, are true. And, and the New Revised Standard Version says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who take refuge in him. So here's the takeaway. I'm sorry I'm, I'm making it short, but how do we know the Bible is the word of God? While the Bible claims to be the authoritative word of God, there have been two basic approaches, as we said earlier, as to how anyone could know these claims are true. One approach believes that the Bible should be taken at its word and not defended. The Holy Spirit will show the truth of the claim to anyone who is interested in knowing. Nothing else is necessary, and this way the Bible is not made subject to any other type of authority. On the other hand, there are those who point to evidences that God has provided to argue for the truth of Scripture, and these include the miracles. Um, it includes the uh, fulfilled prophecy uh, and Jesus' resurrection from the dead. But taking all that together, they constitute overwhelming evidence for the truth of God's word, and Christians employ both methods. Uh, in defending the, uh, and proclaiming scripture. So, I, however, at the end, 
merely knowing intellectually the Bible is, that the Bible is God's word, is definitely not enough. So if you're trying to explain to someone that this is the word of God because I have the Bible in front of you, that's not the proper way to, to, to show people uh, the word of God uh, is God's word. The Bible says that we need to personally experience the God of the Bible by believing in his promises and submitting uh, to his example. Uh, this is all I have for now. I hope it helped. I'm sorry that it's real short, but, again, uh, that's just the way it is. I hope you all stay in God's grip and have a safe and prosperous and happy uh, New Year. And, Stevie B, I know you're the hardest working man in, uh, uh, in show business right now. Well, I don't want to say show business, but you're the hardest working brother out there right now. And keep up the good work, and God bless you. Hey, Dr. Frank. Yes, sir. You- Hey, I certainly appreciate that answer, uh, but you didn't have to rush through your answer because you're the only speaker left on the show this evening. You could have oh, took well, your time. I didn't, I didn't, well, I'm just, I've gotten to the end, though, but um, maybe next time I'll do it more. Uh, I'll have a little bit more meat to the to the message right now. Oh, it's all good. Hey, certainly appreciate uh, it, man, and Lord say so. We will see you uh, in the year 2023, Lord willing. Yes, sir. God bless you. All right. God bless you, brother. Shout it out question. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. All right, you worshipers. Time to forget about all the trouble the devil's brought in our life. Give it over to God. Yeah. I want you to know right now at this time. We gotta give him praise. Let everybody worship the Lord. Oh, come on, saints, he's worthy. Everything,
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific needs. It's an exciting time for your congregation, and what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665 or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. This is a program reminder. Stevie B's Media Production presents. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio. The telephone number to the live show is 713-955-0508. Or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash gospel light radio show. On Tuesday, I'm hosting the live show, What a Work of the Lord radio show. And we have two shows on the, actually we have a show on the second Tuesday of the month, the third Tuesday of the month, and the fourth Tuesday of the month. We also have a guest speaker on the second Tuesday of the month. We have a guest speaker from the Brotherhood of the Churches of Christ who will be making their proclamation of the gospel of Christ. Also during that show, we have the Community Corner segment. That segment is designed for small business owners and entrepreneurs who have products and services for our communities. Also, I have four co-hosts on that show. Luke Gilbert, he's the evangelist for the Oak Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Isa Mullins. He serves at the Church of Christ there in Cary, North Carolina. And then on the third Tuesday of the month, my co-host, starting in January the 20th of 2023, I have a new co-host that's coming on that show, Dr. Antheria Lane. She's a board-certified obstetricianist and gynecologist. She serves with the Gray Road Church of Christ there in Cincinnati, Ohio. And her show will be entitled Conversations with Dr. Lane. So look forward to having her on the Stevie B's Media Productions. And then the fourth Tuesday of the month at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, my co-host is Kelly Fletcher. She serves with the Livingstone Church of Christ in Indianapolis, Indiana. She has the Kelly Fletcher Show. And then on Thursday evening, I'm hosting a live show, the Gospel Light Radio Show. That show will air from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And I have seven co-hosts on that show. And on that show, uh, these seven co-hosts will be presenting their lessons from the Word of God, just like you heard on the show tonight. And each week, I have I have two co-hosts on the air with me. I'm also taking a question from my social media platform, Facebook. I'll be posting one of my co-hosts on that live show, just like you heard on the show tonight. Now, on Friday night, I'm hosting the live show, Stevie B, Acapella Gospel Music Blast radio show. And this show was the recipient for the 2022 McCammon National Academy of Christian Acapella Music Artists Award for Outstanding Achievement for Record or Radio. Certainly honored to receive that award for this broadcast. And that show will air from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. On that show, I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists, sweet sounds and voices. And we're also interviewing artists, producers, comedians, etc. And we're also debuting new music and featuring old music on that broadcast as well. And every third Friday of the month, I'm doing the Top 20 Countdown show. Now, we also have on-demand episodes. If you can't catch any of these live shows, wherever you're getting your favorite podcast from, 
uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Apple iTunes, YouTube, just to name a few. And you can just pull up those shows. Just type in Stevie B Media Productions. Also, we have recorded version shows. Now, these shows were album debuts mostly, and I took my voice out of those shows, so I just used the same playlist that I used on Blog Talk Radio, the live shows. Now, these shows can only be heard on iHeartRadio, on Deezer, on Amazon Music, and also, uh, yeah, that's all. And just search for Stevie B Recorded Version Shows. I want to thank all of my sponsors who are sponsoring these radio shows. If you want to be a sponsor, just contact my sponsorship manager, Michelle Marco, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Her telephone number is 954-687-4705. The three E's of Stevie B's Media Production. It is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate, we want to edify, and we want to encourage you in the study of God's Word. Now, that concludes my program announcements. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Turn up for Jesus. Y'all so low tonight. You pretty. All right. Coming to the stage, my brother, we go way back. I'm talking about Luke Street Church of Christ back, y'all. Y'all ready? Y'all say Mookie. See, I say Mookie. Come on down here, boy. Come on down here. Yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, come on, boy. Don't fall, don't fall. We got you. I work for the Lord. Everything I do, yeah, I do for the Lord. But some people try to run my life. Thinking their way is always right. What you want me to do? Grab it on my hat. Even though I lend a helping hand, I think I all too test for them. It's my way or the highway. That's what you say. Well, that's what you say. I can tell you this right now. With my Jesus, I won't back down. Oh Lord, won't you help me to keep my cool? Won't you help me? I'm not trying to make you mad, but I gotta tell you something bad. Yeah, I don't know what you've been told. Oh.
by the blood Feel with the Holy Spirit when you see the wheel spinning You know I'm blessed, I know my words Was saved by the best, I live life splendid Not talking about sugar, try to keep you stressing Fresh about to cook you, better count your blessings I calculate, practice what I preach Thank God, I don't know what you've been told Matter of fact, it don't matter Only when I'm trying to please you, God The rest don't matter, we can kick it, be cool Look here, rocks and blow, uplifting and courage I'm like Andre the Giant, can't take me down Wicked won't trust like I got angels all around My father's in heaven, my brother's the king I'm chosen to walk free, I can't help but bleed I don't know what you've been told I'm just trying to live my life with God But keep trying to bring me down, down I don't understand your problem Why you always acting so hungry, hungry I'm gonna live for Christ 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 I don't know what you've been told You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our show. I want to thank you for tuning in to our broadcast this evening. We certainly appreciate those who've been following our radio show on Blog Talk Radio as well as on social media, Facebook Live. Brother Clay was live on his Facebook page. Certainly appreciate his efforts on the show tonight. Brother Clay, he's always he always great, does a great job on these radio shows, very powerful gospel preacher in his presentation and proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I also want to thank Brother Frank Ross, Dr. Frank Washington for answering our Bible question, and we certainly appreciate the time that's spent in studying these questions and making sure they give a good, thorough answer to these questions. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just thrilled to be able to bring you a weekly broadcast. It is our prayer that the lessons that were given on the show this evening have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuning in this radio show, but you're giving yourself over to a study of God's word. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler, and I want to say on behalf of all of my co-hosts here on the Gospel Light Radio Show, we really do appreciate your love and support for these radio programs. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. With all the talk, what is your goal? With all the talk, what is your goal? With all the talk, what is your goal? Now that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that heaven is my goal. No matter what they say, call me and I'll go. I'll tell you, I'm not saying Lord, I hear the streets are made for pure and cold Breath of God flow gently through my soul The pearly gates shine, sparkles on a rainbow beam Lord, I give my all to you Please make my dreams come true 
Oh! <laughs> 
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.